boy. Welcome to the Eric Andrews Lang Show, everybody. We've got a very special episode today. Some of our favorite. One of our favorite types of episodes to do. Why is it our favorite type? Because we're very curious people, so of course we like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh, it, it, it's also a little bit easier for me. Well, it's, I can't tell if it's easier or not. I mean, I think asking questions is hard. Yeah. Because you got to be thinking while someone's talking. This is like, you just it's almost like you're just playing defense. That's a good way of putting it. I don't know if it's easier though, because you have to. It's you know, it's a lot riding on you. You know, normally you got <laughs> you got someone else. I'm not saying you should feel pressure. I actually would rather have the uh, the fire on me. Yeah, and you're a you're kind of. Would you say you're an extemporaneous person? I don't know what it means. Like you have to, you perform best on the spot without any preparation. Yeah, I'm a wartime kind of chaotic. Guy. <laughs> you're a wartime president. Yeah, Is that what you'd say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I like I like the chaos. I like the I like the dance with the the chaos of reality. We're gonna do a ton of questions today. Thank you so much <laughs> for sending them in. But the first one comes from me. Just be honest with me. <laughs> first of all, thanks to Precision Pro. Yeah, as always for the presenting sponsorship of the podcast. Very grateful to have you on board for the last many many years. Go to precisionprogolf.com/slash Eric E R I K for twenty dollars off your order. Get the NX10 with the sleeves. Okay, what's your question? Have you ever been on a production shoot and just changed it, like the plan for no reason? Like you were just like, I, I just want to change it for no reason. Well, for like no conceivable reason. I mean, no. You you, you got to have a reason. Otherwise, I mean, that's you're asking me if I'm a psychopath. <laughs> No, no. You're asking if I'm just like playing with reality. Yeah. Because here's the thing: is whoever you're with, whether it's talent or crew or client, um, I mean, you have to provide them (laughs) with a reason. So even if it's a false reason or a thin reason, sure. You know, you you have to have something that you believe is enough of a reason to change everything. I guess what I'm really asking is: Do you subscribe to some variant of chaos theory? Um, Well, define chaos theory, I guess. I think it, it, yeah, you're right. Cause it means different things in different senses. Like in the economic world, there's a belief that you need to shake things up for progress mm. in a different world. Maybe the more so the one I'm thinking of is like, sometimes, I mean, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. Okay. And so sometimes you just need to shake things up or just flip the board over in order to some, in order to see the world in a new way. Or to get a different result. Yeah, but I rely on the universe to create those opportunities for me. I, I'm not the like the instigator of mm-hmm. chaos. I like to. I don't. I don't actually feel very chaotic in my own environment. I'm not. I'm not interested in kind of um, you know because of a theory that I have an interest in creating chaos. I think it more just is something that I enjoy and embrace when it comes to me. So it's it's just not turning away from the chaos. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to create it, or you know, I, I I don't trust myself enough to know when is the right time to to like. I, w- I wouldn't know how to implement that into the production or whatever we're doing. Yeah, how does that? It just it also it shows up. Like I don't. It, need it to, always shows up. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't need to create any more of it. I mean, between you know your car getting broken into in Cape Town or you know, a story falling through or a flight being severely delayed or bags being lost or, or just, you know, one of the hardest ones to understand is 
when you show up and it's just not working. Like everything's fine. The logistics are all intact, but the creative doesn't really make sense or doesn't, or doesn't land or isn't meaning anything. And that's, that's a hard one because, um, it's subjective. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, so there's people who are like, you know, maybe they don't agree, they don't see it. And that's where you really have to like, uh, (laughs) create a great incentive, uh, you know, or, or, or almost you're like at that point, like a, like a uh, mediator, you know, you're trying to explain reality (laughs) as you see it to a person that doesn't see it that way. Um, having creative freedom is something that's harder and harder to have in our world. I think. Really? I think so. Yeah. I don't know if I agree. Maybe, maybe not on the individual level, but okay. Kind of on the, the larger scale as the, for instance, a lot of content now is paid content Mm. and that, then as soon as other people get to produce something, you know, they, they get to have opinions about it. And I've been thinking about this new Avatar movie that's coming out in three weeks. Is it a remake? No, it's a sequel. Oh, wow. Is it also James Cameron? Big Jim. Let's go. Big Jim is, is he has four more on the way. You know, he sold, uh, was it Avatar or Titanic or Avatar? He sold it for a dollar. Because he was so over budget on the... Um, well, it was like he—he he was like, "I'm making this my way, so yeah. you can have the script for a dollar, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get you—you—you you, you can, you know, you can get me for free, but you can't get my ideas to change." Which is exactly what I'm talking about, because when the first Avatar was coming out, the highest-grossing film of all time, yeah, a, a Fox executive went into his office and basically got on both knees and started begging to make it shorter. He said, like, just please make it shorter, Jim. Just please, just please. And supposedly, James Cameron just turned to him and said, get the fuck out of my office. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, you can only really do that. I mean, there's not a lot of times when you can do that. Yeah, that's... Essentially, in this this example, the reason why this is so stark is because the executive is essentially Cameron's boss. Absolutely. James Cameron isn't financing Avatar. Well, there's a negotiation that takes place, right? That happened to, in order to create that, uh, you know, event. And Cameron was basically like we just talked about. He was like, "I want creative control and final cut." And they were like, "How bad could it be?" <laughs> I mean, ultimately, the executive was wrong, right? Like, I mean, people that was at a different time. I don't know when Avatar was like two thousand two thousand twelve. Yeah, I mean, so so there was no binging, right? People didn't sit down for seven hours to watch Squid Game <laughs> on a Saturday people, morning. People, yeah, which people? Who did that? How long did it take you to watch Squid Game? Uh, seven hours on a Saturday afternoon. There you go. It That was what everyone did. Yeah. So that executive, I mean, to his credit, could never have predicted the way our you know viewing habits were going to change. But I mean, yeah, that's like, that he was wrong. You know, but I mean... A lot of people are wrong all the time because you can't predict. That's that's sort of a actually like that's a great example of chaos. Like essentially, like there was a there was a, ch- a major shift in the way that we consume mm-hmm. content. You know, and now Netflix has to check to make sure you're alive after a few episodes. It says, "Are you still there?" Because <laughs> they, they had here? to implement like something in their in their app to make sure that you were still conscious. Because they were, and and you know what? I'm curious to know what the numbers are. I'm curious to know how many people click, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, there's only, is there a no option? 
It's are you still watching? I'm, I'm sorry. I was just I was trying to think. There's, it's are you still watching and there's a no option. I wonder how many people are clicking no. I, you're right. there. I don't think there is a no. How I could there be? I think it's just, I think basically it's saying you have to press here to continue. We're not just going to bleed out this content on a sleepy boy. Yeah, which is, why do they do that? Why don't they just let it run forever? I mean, traditional cable networks rely on people leaving their TV <laughs> on and Golf. leaving the house. Golf channel? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Netflix wants you to enjoy the content. And they know it's good. So they don't want you to just sleep through it. I mean, also, it fucks up your own thing. Like, you know, when you've got someone else logged into your Netflix and there's mm-hmm. all these episodes with the red bar and you're like, but I never have seen these. It's confusing. Um. Yeah, I would be cool. I wonder if Netflix has like a complete reset where it just wipes all of its memory of you and then you just start over like amnesia mode. I would love to get into the Netflix back end. I'm sure it's just like the movie Inside Out up there. They know know everything about you know a lot about, you know, the the AI generated uh, titles. Yeah. Have you heard of this? Uh, maybe I don't think so so when you go to Netflix you know how you see just a bunch of tiles with different um, shows movies and it'll be like a main character for the movie maybe if you're the departed is on the furniture screen like maybe you'll get Matt Damon really large or maybe you'll get Leo DiCaprio or maybe you'll get fucking John Hamm Um, and the reason it's different for you and me is Netflix's algorithm tries to see exactly what you watch, tries to see your retention, tries to know everything about you, and then it has an AI-generated uh, cover art maker yeah. that picks characters from the movie yeah. and puts, puts certain ones in front of you. So sure. you might get like really pretty girls on the front of one of them, or you might get like Anthony Hopkins. Mine is just dirty 41-year-old dudes. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> it's just like dirty dudes with like a cut above their eye. that's all it is it's just dudes looking at me i actually noticed it last night i was like well this is weird and all the and all them looks kind of start to look the same yeah yeah it's because it's this it's this kind of ai hive mind that knows what you want to click on it works for me it it's right you know what i mean that's right that's the movies you're trying to see the only time i run into a problem with netflix is when they just don't have a title for example mission impossible one which i watched last night yeah, to go over to the big bad at Amazon Prime or something for that Amazon, one. Yeah, I, I rented it. Yeah, I, I rented a movie last night as well on Amazon watch. Prime. I watched uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Never heard of it. Came out in August or maybe July. You, you'll have to correct me if you're listening. Um, pretty much the same. Pretty much the same, right? I, I'll take it in the summer. Yeah. And it's a it's great. It's a, it's a murder mystery movie. Oh, cool. For Gen Z. Right. It's a TikTok murder mystery movie. You, you're Gen Z? No. I'm lost generation, I think. Nice. Yeah. Checks out. Peter Pan generation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows. Haven't grown up. Yeah. W- what do you mean? You're like in between gens? Yeah, I think so. Let's go. I think because when is... So it goes millennial, millennial to gen X to gen... Or to millennial gen Y gen Z? Uh, I think... I, I don't know about gen Y. I think it's... I think I'm in the gap between millennial and gen X... And you might be in the gap between millennial and Gen Z. And then it's Gen A. Gen A is like kind of being born now. When does Gen Z start, do you think? What would what would your over-under be? Wow, 1997. Yeah. I was born in 1997. So you're Gen Z. Yeah, but... You're an old Gen Z. I would say I'm like right on the cusp. 
Age between 8 and 23 years old, Generation Z, or the post-millennial generation. We'll take the lead in a few decades, and I'm older than 23. So you're, you're, you're in the gray area where you, you, because of maybe your friends or the way you grew up, you feel more like you're in a micro-generation in between millennial and Gen Z. Yeah, exactly. But technically speaking, you're in Gen Z, but hey, we'll give it. You, you know, you define your generation. Thank yeah. you. I just I'd prefer if you didn't make that decision for me. <laughs> I didn't have Although, a phone until I was uh, like a, I had a flip phone when I was like a sophomore in high school. Yeah. So that to me is very different than a, a typical Gen Z experience, which is which is birthed with an iPad connected to the whatever. Oh, you didn't have an iPad as a kid? I didn't have an iPad as a kid. Yeah, I'm no. sorry to hear that. No, my brother had an iPod Touch so he could play like uh, games on it. Yeah, those are sick. Um, Remember when they came out with the color screen? It was like, I had the first gen iPod. What did that look like? The big like big was, square box? It was pretty thick. It was a big brick. It had like 16 gigs, maybe eight gigs. How many songs? Maybe it was four gigs. It was like less than a thousand. Yeah. A thousand songs and, and just I mean it was awesome. Thing. And and basically the way to get the songs in there was by using Apple Music or like iTunes. iTunes rather. Mm-hmm. And what, what you could do is I had, you know, sixteen thousand songs on LimeWire that I had downloaded. And like, you know, you could basically import those into your iTunes. And sometimes it would come in with like the wrong metadata. So it would just be like a series of numbers <laughs> and letters. And then you either had to like become familiar with that series of numbers and letters as to what sound was going to come out or retitle it. Yeah. And did you ever add in your custom album art? No. No, because it didn't show up on my iPod. Oh, because it was such an early generation. The, the early iPod, yeah. it was like it was like an old car stereo where it was just a white screen with black. And it was like black, like bit font. Like it was, it was squared off, you know? Yeah, it was wild, man. And you had a Firewire 400 charger. And then you had a, I mean, it was, it was heavy, dude. Was that the charger that is like really fat and. Yeah. It's basically like a, it's like a really thin and tall house. Yeah. Do you remember how mad everyone was? When they went to 800? When they went to, yeah. When the 800 and the lightning. 1600 lightning. I mean, yeah, dude, it's just like. And, it, and looking back, I'm like, thank God I don't have to carry around. Like they were right. Well, yeah. Now it's like USB-C. You know? Yeah, and USB-C um, should be everything. I wouldn't mind getting that in my iPhone. Everything should be USB. In Europe, they're in an enormous lawsuit about it right now. Oh, really? That Apple should have USB-C? Yeah, because they have this... Um, they have EU has just such strong regulation about right to repair. Oh. So, you know, the whole Apple thing where... The, like, phones used to have removable batteries. Yeah. Wow, that's right. Not iPhones, but yeah. Yeah, never iPhones because iPhone... Steve Jobs believed so much in a closed circuit... Yeah. Marketplace so that he could, you know, so he could have a monopoly over every aspect of it. I mean, it's a fun game. It is, I mean, absolutely. He was right. Samsung used to have removable batteries, not anymore. Yeah. Um, but we digress. Welcome, welcome to the QA pod. We have, yeah, wow, that was a big one. Okay, cool. We got two more questions. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is, uh, we don't seek chaos, but we're not afraid of it. Would you say? Yeah, we don't create chaos, but we lean into it. Sorry, we do seek chaos, but we do not create chaos. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, just kind of sticking in the entertainment world, though. Happy off-season. Uh, I did see this question come in, and I'm just looking for the name of it, uh, from David Stewart Robinson. Yeah. Hi, David. What's up, David? Which of the seven kingdoms would have the best golf course? 
Oh, great question. Um, so we're talking Westeros. Yeah. So what, do, you, do you know your kingdoms? I think it's... Um, I think it's... Uh, I think there's only one right answer here. Um, Maybe two. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm like. I'm screwing up the name right now. Um, Noth. Noth. Where is it? Where is you it? mean Dorn? Dorn. Dorn. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't I call it Noth? I think there is a place across the. Na- I don't. We can. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll look it, it up. It would later. be Dorn for sure. Dorn, Dorn has Dorn, to be right. Yeah, Dorn would be sick. I had one other pick though. Um, Winterfell. Mm, no, I was gonna go the Vale. Oh, with all the cliffs. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. And good weather. Yeah, top of the rock. Yeah, that'd be the great. Vale. Some pretty wild par threes. You could definitely, it'd be some Iona action. Yeah, the veil would be chill. Yeah. But, I mean, the sand composition of Dune. Yeah, that's true. You know, you, what kind of course would it look like? Uh, in Dorne? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I haven't really seen the landscape of Dorne. I just know, like, that's where I would want to live. Like, the vibe there is low-key. <laughs> just, it's just like Scottsdale. Yeah, it's kind of like Moroccan. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think the course would be, like, there'd be a lot of, like, hot mint tea. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about the course yet. Uh, no, I, I don't know I what the course you. would look like. I, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what kind of equipment we're playing with. I mean, George R. R. Martin did say, we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about this in the pod, but he did say that golf was invented. We were talking about uh, Tolkien. Oh, it was Tolkien? Yeah, yeah. We were talking, in Lord of the Rings, it was invented. Okay. I, I can't imagine they have golf in, in um, Westeros. I mean, they should. I mean, they have they had the Coliseum. You know what I mean? They had fighting. Do you remember when Ed Sheeran was just randomly in it Dude. for two seconds? How yeah. great would it be if it was Ed Sheeran just playing golf yeah. next to the road? Just like fully kitted out. <laughs> just with the, uh, the Sim 2 uh, driver cover. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, this is not product placement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one comes from Jason Klug. If Snowball was a human, already kind of an an interesting lead-in. What would his golf handicap and position at RGC be? Wow, great question, Jay. Um, I mean, <laughs> Snowball is a human. Um, he, uh, his handicap, I mean, he'd be, you know, in his older age, he'd be hitting it straight, not very far. I think, you know, based on what I can gather from his emotional state, um, he probably would he would really enjoy like um, looking for bad shots in a way that humans don't. Um, so I think he'd probably be sitting around an 18 handicap. What do you think? 18 handicap? Yeah. Just just because he's not he's, he's not he's really, laying up a lot, or he's not very purpose driven. You know what okay. I mean? Like he's not, he's not really looking to better his swing or anything. But what is what do you think his mental game is like? Like if he goes right off the tee and he has to put another ball down. I mean, he struggles to understand even simple concepts. So okay. I'm, I'm not sure that uh, that he, you know, he's kind of a simple dog. What, um, what's the best club in his bag? Putter. Putter for sure. Yeah. 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 He likes to putt. You know what I mean? He um, likes to putt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and his job at RGC, man. I mean, that'd be a tough one. He would probably be. I mean, he's a model. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's he's kind of a diva within the ranks here. You know, it's like. You know, he's kind of complaining, complains a lot. You've, you know, you've seen him here. His, his vibe at the office can be a little bit one of like, I wish things were different. Uh, you and I have both brought dogs to the office and I will take Snowball's uh, affect over Miley's. Really? Any day of the week. Miley, if I'm, if we're in here recording a podcast, she'll just stand outside. There's a little Yorkshire Terrier. 
um, she'll sometimes just claw at the door. Oh. Forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some yeah. real So wall gives issues. up after a certain period of time. Yeah. And that might actually be what, be uh, his saving grace as yeah. a golfer. Oh, yeah. He just sort of gives up. Yeah. He just, <laughs> he just wanders down. off after four holes. Yeah. That could be. Um, what is the best way? This comes from uh, Caco Martinez. What is the best way to find or meet golfers in your city just moved to Barcelona? Oh, welcome to Barcelona, Caco. Um, I mean, it's a great question. I think, you know, we are obviously working on that problem. And I think you're going to see something interesting in February when we launch our new membership platform, which would definitely seek to solve that problem. Um, Aside from that, I mean, you know, like it is a little strange to go up to someone on the range. That's a fair fact, right? I mean, it's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, hi. <laughs> I don't want anything from you. I don't want to give anything to you. I just am curious if you like me. It's a little weird. Um, yeah, I don't uh, I don't actually know. You know, it's funny is I met someone on the range once. And, um, you know, we did exchange numbers and we played a few rounds together. But it was always this kind of like, um, what's that movie with... Um, like, uh, How Are You Man or whatever, what's it called? The I Love You Man movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Isn't he like going out to try to find friends? It's just, just, I mean, that exists now on apps. You can go on Bumble, Yeah, Tinder, oh, really? And try and, to find dudes? And they have uh, a friend setting. Yeah, I don't know if that's happening. Yeah, I mean, I haven't used it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm doing that. But I know people who moved to Austin who didn't, like, didn't go to school here or anything. Because it's really hard. I think at the base of this question that Kako is asking is it's really hard to move to a city when you're at a certain age yeah, and meet people. Because when you don't have something like school or a workplace environment, like we're really lucky here. I feel really lucky here. And then the people we work with, first of all, they like golf usually. So you have that commonality. Yeah. And they're just like awesome people. But I think about all the time when people move to a city and they don't know anyone. Like what do you do? Do you join a pottery class? Do you... Find a flag football league. Yeah, I mean, you just go, you just got to go out there. You got to put it out there. You know what I mean? Like, and that, whatever that, however, however that manifests into your, like, things that you enjoy, whether it's a book club or, yeah, like, yoga, you know what I mean? Like, and you just got to learn to open up. You know, you got to be an opener. Um, I did, I've talked about it on the podcast, but there's a great book called Platonic that, um, you know, mm-hmm. might, might be interesting to read, um, you know, and, <clears throat> yeah, but uh, but anyway, like, give me give me like five months, four months, just four months. Yeah, I'll I'll be able to answer the question differently. Okay, Kago, uh, just uh, hit us up in the next Q and A. Yeah, I mean, just stay tuned, right? Like, look for the RGC membership, you know, and see if that works. And if it does, you know, fuck yeah. Yeah, we had some questions about membership. Cool. I, I'm always like, what are we allowed to say? But I guess stay tuned and get excited. We can say whatever we want. That's I mean, true. That's never stopped us. I'm I'm working on it. You know, we have meetings every day with the team that's building out the platform. The platform. There's always a platform. The platform has an algorithm, and it will suggest Liam Neeson, <laughs> Daniel Craig, Brad Pitt, Ben Affleck. There's one thing they all have in common. Yeah. They all recently got hit above their right eye. They have a small cut. <laughs> There's some neosporin. <laughs> And they're also looking for friendship, just like you. (laughs) 
in a world. <laughs> it's not bad. Uh, this is a question from Ethan Castle. What's up, Ethan? Do you ever feel burnt out on golf? What keeps you going? Uh, I just closed my eyes. <laughs> no, Ethan. I mean, good question. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you can get burnt out on anything. You know, you can get burnt out on 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 absolutely anything. Um, but no, I don't. I don't really feel burnt out on golf. Like I guess currently is a one way to answer the question um, because I haven't been playing a lot. Um, it's been a little bit chilly here. We did a meetup on Sunday, which was great. It's awesome. That was fun. Um, but you know what I mean? Like I, um, you know, I, I try and only play at environments and times when I can fully do it, you know? Um, but yeah. And then was there a second part to the question is how to get, get back on the horse. Oh yeah. I mean, I think for, for someone out there, for those of you out there mm-hmm. that are burnt out on golf, yeah, there's a couple things you can do. Um, one would be to watch a course vlog <laughs> in a world where course vlogs. This is true, though, by the way. I watch a course vlog, and I want to go rip one. Yeah, because we do a lot of golf, and it's really hard to separate something from your job. That's your job. Yeah. To At a certain point, if you're not constantly aware of how lucky, which we try our best to be, um, it's just easy to get burned out on things or, or see things as commodities or, or experience them as, as a little disassociated. And then whenever we're in here watching a course vlog or doing VO for something and we see th- the game and, it's, and how beautiful these courses are that we shoot, I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm always like, fuck, I need to get out on a course immediately. Yeah, I mean, that definitely does it. Um... Yeah, I mean, the other things that I think that can help, I mean, I think a a big thing goes back to Kako's question is like, who are you playing with? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I think one way to, to like change the way, you know, you play golf or see golf is to like invite people that don't play and go play a pitch and putt, go play a new course, you know, um, you know, maybe like go, go call the course and be like, yo, do you have any like games or events coming up? Any skins matches, you know, like a scramble or something that I can take part in. I think that's probably, you know, I think um, without like golf buddies, it's like hard to get, it's, it's the golf bug won't sustain itself. Like you can come into golf and get like tweaked out mm-hmm. on the swing, but that only lasts for a period of time, maybe six months or 18 months. But if you don't like get a deeper seed growing with terms of like community or something, um, yeah, it just kind of like, I, I think it just kind of goes away. I think you're, I, th- I think you're so right. Um, one of one of our friends, you know him, Keffer Rhodes. Congrats on your hole in one, Keffer. Great hole in one. Uh, he might be the most into golf person I currently know in my Very life. Very into golf. He's he could he he does it. He could do it every day. Yeah. Uh, twice a day. Um, and he told me a story recently. I don't know if you've heard this. He went out to play our local muni course that we love, Moe Williams, Morris Williams. And he went on as a walk-on just randomly one day and played with these three guys, and none of them had ever played golf before. Nice. None of them had ever swung a club before, (laughs) right? Which is all the power to them for three people to go out on a weekday at a course and play 18. Yeah. And there to be no catalyst. Like, who's the guy in the group that's played before who wants to take his friends out? All three of them taking the leap together. It may have been aliens. How does that happen? Because they hit got, any good shots. Well, here's the thing: 
they asked what box they should play from. Uh. And Keffer asked if they'd ever played before. And they said no. And Keffer was like, okay, well, you should play from the most forward tees. And Keffer always plays from the blues. And he was like, fuck it. I'll play with them. Right. So they all four of them played from the most forward tee box. And Kef is... The Kef, Reds? Uh, from the Greens, I think. There's a green. Yeah, I think there's a green at, at Mo Williams. Yeah. And Keffer said it was a life-changing experience for him because he's a fine golfer. He's got a, he's got a good move. He has a hole-in-one. Yeah. Um, congrats, Bob. Congrats. Uh, but, you know, he's not, he's not like a single-digit handicap. Uh, not yet. Um, and he was just crushing it. You know, he's playing from the Greens. <laughs> So he's just birdieing holes and crushing it. And he said the the adulation that the three other people were, were looking at him, he was like a god to them. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. He was driving greens. He was whatever they wanted. And they, of course, were, were learning how to swing a golf club, right. learning how to play the game. And he said it was an incredible experience. I mean, think about how much fun that would be. That would be like, um, yeah, that would be great. It'd be like taking boxing lessons and then just going and like, you know, beating up like a... I want to say kid, but like you don't want to beat up a kid. You, you never want to beat up a kid. But, but you know what I mean? Like it would be like dominating something that's just like not evenly matched. Yeah, especially if you've spent the last several years getting dominated. Yeah. Just getting beat yeah. up. And There's then, a lot of resentment there. Yeah. Like I feel like those three guys should hire out their services to go around and just help out golfers get out of slumps. Yeah, maybe they were already. Maybe it was part of a Oh, do you think it was like a, a ghost of Christmas present, past, and future? Yeah. yeah, maybe it was like old Tom just like coming in to give one. Give Kef or something, you know? Just give one back. Uh, this one's from Ryan Esmond. What's up, Ryan? Which course has the best logo in golf? We got There's some choices in here. Just Why don't we just start with uh, naming some of your favorites? Logos? Logos in golf. Um, you know, I'm not a student of the logo. Yeah, I don't think this has to be a definitive ranking, but you have some favorites. Um, like I'd go right ahead and said Terry Eady's right up there. There's just something about bird. Just something about the silhouette. Yeah, the bird's good. Yeah, that's a nice. You're right. It's a great logo. Yeah, I, I feel unprepared to answer this question. I just there are many people out there that know logos better than me. I don't. I don't wear a lot of golf logos. That's true. You know, right now I'm wearing a a green tie dye sweatshirt with a smiley face on it. Which would make a pretty hard golf logo, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Um, I, there's a course that has a milk bottle for the logo. I don't, I don't know the course. I don't know I've where it is. I've never heard of this. What are you talking about? I don't know where it is. It's exclusive, I'm sure. If you had to design a course logo right now, our random golf, random golf club's course that one, one day will come towards you. You may have been to the property that has many courses on it, but we're going to redesign or revamp or, or create a limited edition version of the logo of these courses. Wow. Really? Yeah. yeah so. I know I know what you're talking about, but that's insane. Yeah, it's gonna be sick. Um yeah, I mean, it's just like I'm not a big logo guy. Like I don't I I give away most of the shirts that I have that have logos on them. Um yeah, I just don't I, I used to be more into them. Um I mean Augusta's got a pretty sick logo. Like they kind of defined at the time when logos were still like new, they were, I mean, what a creative idea, right? They are essentially defining golf in America. Wow, it says a lot. Um, yeah, the milk bottle's good. 
Uh, Terry Eady's good. There's the course in Martha's Vineyard that I've I've talked to you about about this. I was playing it this summer, and they have a uh, a, a a blackbird mm. that's with a little crown on its head. Yeah, and that really does it for me for some reason. Yeah. There's a lot of great logos out there. I guess what I'm saying is it's hard to separate the logo from the experience of the course. Mm. Like even Terry Eady, like I'm saying that logo's great, but I think that has a lot to do with what it's all about too. I mean, it's one line. <clears throat> so it's pretty simple, yeah. I do like that one. Um, if you had to be a dog, what type of dog would you be? Oh, good question. A happy dog? A happy dog? A clean dog. You'd be a clean dog. Yeah. Like just, you'd be an indoor dog? Yeah, clean, warm. Well, actually, I don't know about that. Yeah. Maybe I'd want to just be a, a predator. Like a, a wild dog? Yeah. Well, yeah, just like something out there. Like just a, like, like a hound of the Baskervilles? Just on some different shit. You know what I mean? A rabid dog? <laughs> you'd be like foaming and shit? No, not rabid. Red eyes? <laughs> <laughs> no, just like. Just a dog on a mission would be cool. You know what I mean? Oh, like a dog, like a like a drug sniffing, bomb <laughs> no. sniffing dog. No, 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 like a dog trotting down the street. You know what I mean? Just like looking for like just 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 looking for that next hit. You know, like sure, looking for that butt to sniff. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Just a friendly neighborhood dog. My mission is just like greeting the neighborhood. You know. So you'd be a stray dog in a suburban neighborhood, just maybe urban, maybe an urban dog. Yeah, a lot of treats in the urban environments. You know. Especially in like the you know different neighborhoods, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, yeah, I think it'd be like an urban dog, just kind of like, you know, I mean, ideally it'd be a warmer climate. You know, what I mean, easier to get warm, warm to, climate dog. Yeah, warm to sleep at night. Not Mexico though. I think uh, United States dog. I think I'd want to be a sled dog. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, you have one on your iPhone screen right now. I sure do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you may already be one. Every full moon. You're pulling a sled over here at RGC. <laughs> uh, this is a wild question. Just just wanted to shout it out to Nicola. Nick, we'll just say Nicola. Is using hybrids cheating? Do I think it's cheating? Yeah, to use hybrids. No. What? Nicola, what are you fucking talking about? No, you're good, man. Just, you know, I mean, I think if you had like seven hybrids, it'd just be a little weird. Well, how many hybrids is too many hybrids? I mean, I don't have any, but uh, I mean, I think... You know, there's different clubs for different... You don't have any hybrids? No. I guess five wood is your first wood? Yeah. I have a driver, a five wood, and a three iron. I guess same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was an era of the hybrid. Um, but, you know, like I think... And a hybrid's great for, um, you know, people that want to get that ball 200 yards, 220, you know, and like just make sure that it gets up in the air. I mean, we all know what a hybrid is, so... You know, have fun with it, and don't don't shame yourself, Nicola. Yeah, my dad uh, dad's irons only go down to a seven. Wow! And then six, five, and four are those new technology. Like he still calls them irons, but they're woods. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are fun to hit. I'll just say it. Yeah, I enjoy that. You're not gonna get a lot of feedback with that, but no. But it's kind of like you're you're flipping a wand. You know what I mean? They're so yeah. They're so like flexible and yeah. It's, I, I love hitting those. I would never put them on my bag until I'm that old. Uh, Avellino, just, just a quick shout out to this one. What's your favorite golf shoe? Favorite golf shoe? Yeah. Wow. Great question. Um, well, 
I've been wearing the Tomos. My favorite, yeah, my favorite shoe that like works in many different environments, including regular life, is the the newest Tomo Ace Cam shoe that we just came out with, which I love. I love the design. I love the look of it. I love the feel. It's very comfy, pillowy, if you will. I think it's, and some of my friends have been wearing it, testing it out, and they all come back to me and go, wow, there's just a lot of support. And again, it's something you can wear, walk off the course, go get a drink in. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And the fact it says Ace Cam on the bottom is just sweet, but yeah. it's a performance shoe. And you can still get it. Today is... Today's Cyber Monday, and I think the you can still go to the website. Cyber Monday is a big, exciting moment, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting to be here. Um, and the deal is still live on the website, so I don't think it's live for. I think it's live for one more day. So you should probably head over while you can because there's some big savings. In a world where everything's discounted on RandomGolfClub.com, <laughs> what will you choose? Uh, we should actually just go to a quick break and come back, ask a couple more questions. Fantastic. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. I think it's a high-stakes wager for, for me. You know what I mean? I <laughs> you're making decisions about who I'll spend your a lot of time with. The, I'm basically you're, choosing your friends for you. You're matchmaking <laughs> like good platonic friendships. Thankfully, I have LinkedIn Jobs, which allows me to be 100% certain that I have access to the best qualified candidates, not Canadians, although I do, we have one Canadian in here. Yeah, but 1099. He's <laughs> IRS, back off. Anyway, uh, that's why we use LinkedIn Jobs, because they help us find the right people for the team faster and for free. This, uh, this kid, you add your job and use the purple hashtag hiring. You know, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh-huh. I use it. Yeah, yeah, you're you're always up there. Yo, hit me up on LinkedIn, folks. It's probably the easiest. There's the two, the best way to contact you is by Venmo. Venmo's right? good. Like send, Eric send, hyphen Lang. Yeah, Eric hyphen Lang. Send something. Yeah. You'll always hear back. I'll send you if you send me some money. I'll talk to you. Uh, so anyway, LinkedIn Jobs uh, can help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Uh, and it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one is because they deliver quality hires versus their leading competitors don't even know their names i don't even know what their competitors are because they suck (laughs) Uh, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash eal show that's linkedin.com slash eal show to post your job for free terms and conditions apply linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster it's true netsuite doesn't do that between 2000 2008 and 2022 those were some scary years for the economy. Yeah, economy was uh, real frightened in those times. There was a dot com crash. There was a housing crash, and apparently we're going through a roller coaster right now. Especially if you're an NFT. But one thing's for certain: it's a dangerous time to not know your numbers. Jojo, what's your favorite number? Oh, my favorite number is fifteen. What's your favorite number? I thought it was eight. It might have been eight last time you asked. How would you know that? I was just guessing. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know your numbers. Mine, my favorite number is 15. This ad is about me knowing your numbers or me knowing my numbers? You should know the numbers. And that's that's because over 31,000 businesses have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. Well, well said, Jojo. <laughs> it just came to me. It came to me in a dream. <laughs> The best way to prepare for uncertain times is to use NetSuite. It gives you the visibility and control 
of your financials. I love controlling my finances. Uh, you get inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts. I don't think we're talking about weather here, folks. We're talking about what's happening on the money day. The economic climate. Right now, NetSuite is doing a one-of-a-kind special financing program. Head over to netsuite.com slash EAL show right now. That's netsuite.com slash what? EAL. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> hey, I know your number, okay? netsuite.com slash EAL show. Lucky number 15, netsuite.com slash EAL show. Uni. Some like it hot. Like my pizza. Some like it gooey. What's the what's the pizza you like? You like it when it's uh what's it called spotted, leoparded, leoparded. Yeah, leoparded. Well, what's your pizza order? You a pepperoni guy? No, I like a white pizza. I like a pizza bianco. A pizza bianco. This yeah. ma- has this man traveled before? Has this man gone on a plane? Uh, back to uni. They make the most insane pizza. But here's the thing: if you're listening to this and you don't have an uni, go get one. Just pause it. Yeah, we'll come come back when you get it. Because mm-hmm. they make. The best pizza oven. Can I say that? I can you, say that. You can say that. And not only do they make the best pizza oven, the their pizza ovens make incredible pizzas very quickly. The Uni pizza ovens see. come in two sizes. They have multiple fuel types. So no matter how you like to cook, there's one for you. I'm talking wood, pellets, charcoal, gas. You can bake pizzas, just like you said, at 60 seconds. Some of them are so portable, you can take them on vacation or to tailgate. While I make an uni, I got an uni in my house, and I love it. And you can light up the holidays if you go to ooni.com to get an uni pizza oven. Uh, they make an awesome gift. It's the gift that keeps on what? Giving. Baking. Baking. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. Speaking of breaks, I got a breaking question for you. We get those every now and then. Uh, what's when's the next one and why aren't they longer? Um, wh- why aren't they longer? Yeah, my guy. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, they're pretty long. I mean, it's like hundreds of minutes of content. Um, I think we're gonna do one in Cabo, are we? That's the plan. Yeah. Um, looking forward to that. I forgot to eat breakfast today. My stomach is growling. I need to go get some food. Um. The, uh, yeah, we're going to do one in Cabo in a couple weeks, and that'll be out probably February. Um, which we're really excited about. We're going to bring some, we're doing this one differently than the other ones, which is to say we're casting it a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, and we're really trying to get back to that ethos of sawgrass and, yeah. and give you a good show. So you can expect some of the, probably the most beautiful breaking we've ever done, I'd say. Could just be. Just as far as the scenery, championship layout course. And just uh, just tune in. And why isn't it longer? Uh, great question. We'll we'll make sure you have plenty of content. Fill up your screens with. Yeah, we'll send you the outtakes. Do you guys like longer YouTube videos or shorter YouTube videos? There's <clears throat> this enormous debate going on in the attention economy right now where you were saying earlier, people binge stuff. Yeah. Watch seven or eight hours at a time. But on the other hand, people's attention spans have never been more... Well, you're talking about different things. It's kind of like, what do you eat with, a knife or a fork? Both. Wow. You know what I mean? And like YouTube is typically shorter because the quality of the content is lower. But on Netflix, you like settle in, you know, grab a blankie. Uh, Yes, but at the same time, YouTube's getting longer kind of in general. Like videos are getting longer and longer across the platform. And And then they're also debuting and really pushing this short stuff. These 15 second, 20 second, 30 seconds. 
So I feel like it's one long noodle and it's getting pulled at both ends. Wow. It's one long stretchy noodle. I felt that. You get that? Yeah. This is a question. I'm not going to say the name and Eric is going to tell me whether or not he even wants to answer it, but I thought I'd ask. Uh, I recently discovered my friend slash boss is cheating. I have no idea how to handle it. He's eight years older. That's just someone sent that in. Cheating in golf? That's a really quite great follow-up question. This is when we always when we did that live uh, Q and A. Uh, that's always great because we can ask, you know, follow-ups. I, I don't know. I mean, cheating. It must be cheating on the golf course. I mean, I've I've thought it wasn't actually. I thought infidelity. someone was just looking for advice on how to confront someone about. Okay, well, let's infidelity. answer both questions. Yeah, yeah. Right. you start start with uh, the golf course. All right. So if if because the eight years older is a weird detail. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a boundary there, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, there's an experience boundary. Um, get curious. You know what I mean? I don't think you want to like shame anybody. I don't think you, and I don't think you even need to. I think you could say, I think you could say, hey, what I try to do is, you know, go into it and say something like, um, either either whether it's cheating in golf or cheating on you know taxes or just being, you know, or or cheating in a relationship. I think it's like, hey. Um, you know, the story that I'm creating is that you're cheating, right? I, because of what I saw. Yeah. So I'm curious, is that true, right? And then you got, okay, if it is, if they cop to it, great. Then you have something to work with. If they don't, conversation over. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and maybe you didn't offend them if you just are really like, hey, this is just what I'm telling myself. Like, I don't know if it's true or not. Like, help me understand. Um, I mean, because it may also not be true, maybe, right? Unless, you know, I don't know. And then if it is true, then, you know, it's like sort of not so much about what it is, but why, you know, like, um, you know, are you okay? Is there anything I can do? I would probably just go that route. And that's with respect to golf or all of them both. Yeah. 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 That's a great, um, that's a, that conflict resolution method where you're, you start with, Hey, this is the story I'm starting in my head. It's definitely something I've learned from you a little bit and taken into my own life where it, it, this is just good ad advice in my opinion in general, where if you're talking to someone and you perceive something, just not going in with, this is the world. This is reality. This is reality. But going in with like, this is the story that I've been telling myself, Yeah. but I don't, you know, I don't have all the, the perspectives. Give me another chapter. Yeah. Well, a lot of times it's just tip of the iceberg stuff. Hey, you know, I'm notice I the story I'm I'm seeing this and the story I'm telling myself is this. Is that true? <clears throat> might be true. Um might not be. Very often it's not. Yeah, and it's it's certainly never going to be the full story. And either way, even if it even if you are right, <clears throat> you're not going to you you know, it's hard to open a garage door with your hands. You know what I mean? Wow. You want the clicker. The, yeah. The clicker yeah, yeah. is the, the curiosity. Clicker, sure. You know what I mean? You want it to open that shit itself, you know? Wild metaphor. I love it. <laughs> what's your what's your relationship with cheating in golf? Have you ever have you ever seen a person like I don't think so. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't really do you, don't, you really play for money? I don't, I don't really, really play, clock it. No. I don't, I don't really play for money that much. I don't clock it. And if I I don't even know that I would be in the environment with so I think certainly there's a lot of people who sandbag at yeah. tournaments, but like I also just like don't really care. You know what I mean? Like the it, golf is, it's like your own lane. You know what I mean? Like I don't need to go get in your lane and tell you how to drive, tell you how to live your life. 
you know, it doesn't really bug me. Yeah, the the part about golf for me that I always come back to is I can win a match and feel like I really had a terrible round. Yeah. And I'll usually go home pretty not super – I don't care. I don't even think about the match. I just think yeah. about, wow, I just really got myself down on the middle three holes. And regardless of the score, just like I had a bad time. Right. Or I can lose a match – honestly, and it can come down to the last putt on the last hole and I'll be laughing and having a great time with the friend I'm playing it with and shaking their hands and being like, good putt. Also, I really felt like I played well today. Yeah. And I, th- I don't know. I just think that's a happier way to play golf and yeah, live life. Why are you playing? Yeah. Yeah. Teleport to any course tomorrow. Where are you playing? Western Gales. Western Gales. Walk me through it. Just felt like it. Fall, fall golf. Yeah, it's just like, it's just out there, you know what I mean? Like, on the links. Maybe it would be, maybe it'd be Iona. Wow. Take I don't me, know. Take me with you. Beam me up, Scotty. Just somewhere out there, you know what I mean? Where you've just got miles and miles of sight lines and, you know. Or it'd be Mexico, like somewhere, somewhere, somewhere with some, maybe, you know what, I'm sorry, you know what it'd be? I'm, okay, go ahead, yeah. Maui. Maui. Yeah, I'd play in Maui. Like play at Kapalua or something? or No, it'd probably be like, um, it'd probably just be some regular old course. I really want to play Willie Nelson's course out there. Yeah. And I could be like, this course is way better than your Texas course. <laughs> no, thank you so much for having us. We love being out there. Biggest advice, uh, biggest piece of advice to someone in their 20s coming from Jake and meant for me. Definitely. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. No, give me some advice. I'm in my 20s. What? No specifics? No specifics. Biggest piece of advice to someone in their 20s. If you want some parameters, I could throw some uh, I could throw some out there. I can addend this question. All right, Jake. Biggest piece of advice is get specific. <laughs> Seriously, though. Yeah, like, you're not wrong. If, if you keep it general, if you're, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I over time, I mean, for me, like, I always... Um, look back on that period of my life and a big part of, I think, getting me to where we've gotten now is just sort of taking the opportunities as they come, regardless of, you know, what what I had originally planned. So I think it's like being open-minded. Um, but at the same time, like, you have to build a ship. So you need to be specific in what that ship looks like. But then as opportunities arise being open to the ship looking different, the ship being your life. So I think, um, yeah, hard work, you know, and open-mindedness are the two main tools needed to, like, I think live a live a satisfying life. Hard work and open-mindedness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this comes from the QIF. Uh, how do I get my friends to play golf with me? When they think golf is for the elite. Yeah, I mean, show them, show them the Compton episode of Adventures in Golf. Show them a few episodes. That's an easy one. Has anyone ever made you mad on a golf course? Random pairing or friend? Question mark. I played with this guy named Chris like 10 years ago. Okay. <laughs> Random pairing. Sure. He was angry. How angry? Through clubs. Throwing clubs. I mean, at a muni. 
you know what I mean, in L.A. And I was yeah. just like, and after like five holes, I think I like went to him and I said, man, it'd be a lot more fun if you didn't take it so seriously. Oh, no. <laughs> that wasn't the right approach. <laughs> he didn't make me mad, I guess, but I was uncomfortable. And I remember I said it'd be a lot more fun if you didn't take it as seriously. And he just looked at me and just stared at me. And I actually thought. Thought that was it? I thought maybe a fight was going to erupt or some type of aggression, physical. I thought maybe physical measures were going to be explored. Um, but now I'm mad on a golf course. I mean, yeah, honestly, all the time I get mad at the people, the powers that be that like make the experience suck. I've seen you get a little upset at a golf course. Yeah. I mean, I got upset the other day, actually. I went out to this golf course. I was a guest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was a guest and I went up to, you know, we were going out Saturday morning and there were like four groups of four waiting on the tee. And I just was like, I don't need to play these first few holes. Like, we can come back and play them later. So I went up to the guys in the putting green and I said, hey, are you guys all one group? And they were like, yeah. And I was go- about to say, can we just jump ahead? And then they offered. They're like, yeah, good. Just, just go jump ahead. And I was like, okay, cool. So we went out and we jumped ahead. But someone didn't like that. And they called the pro shop. And then the pro came out and the pro was like, hey, you know, like, and he was really upset. And he was like, you guys can't do this. And I was like, um, sorry, what? Like, this got lost in, you know, we, we asked the group. You know, they, they offered. You know, it was this whole thing. Yeah. Um, and you just jumped ahead one hole? Uh, we jumped ahead. Uh, it was one or two. One or two holes. Yeah. I mean, and then in the end, we ended up jumping to, like, the fifth hole. And yeah. then we played the first four at the very end with no weight. I think, you know, that is the only thing that kind of gets me on the golf course is when it's like, dude, this is a field of grass. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, we're out here hitting a little white ball into a hole. Like, why is it so intense? Um, but, yeah, that happens. That happens. One time. I'm, I'm, I'm also, like, you know, like, I'm okay with it, too. So I think I'll push it further than most people would as far as, like. Are you okay with a confrontation? Yeah. Yeah, you have, that's the little Larry David in you. Well, <laughs> Absolutely. But I also try to, you know, um neutralize it too so like i went back in after the round i talked to the pro and i was like hey man i am really sorry about that my intention was to just scoot ahead and make everybody happy here you know yeah and we, and we smoothed it over you're a, you're just a naturally i have the same problem or solution you're just naturally inquisitive person yeah so if someone does something like for example let's say we're at a muni course and we're bringing out a golfer who's never golfed before and he doesn't have clubs because he's never golfed before and so we let him use ours. And then the the head pro drives out to yell at us to be like, hey, he can't be out here unless he spends $50 to rent clubs or something. I'll be a person who says, why? You know? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, when you go to the Muni and you're trying to play as five and they're like, you can't. And you're like, dude, it is like an hour from sunset. What gives? Yeah, and and... It's not. I don't even think it's confrontation, but just the just to keep asking the question, which is why do you feel that way? And they go, "It's a rule." And you go, "Okay, what do you think of the rule?" These things happen. I think it stems from curiosity. Uh, here's a question for you, and, and I think we'll get maybe one or two more. Do you have any questions for me? What's going on over there? Nice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you appreciate it. Uh, Rafi Golf asks, "Would you come back to Finland to play golf someday?" Of course. Have to, right? Um, Sebastian's actually going to be in Austin next week, so we're going to say what's up to him. Um, yeah, I think we're definitely going to go back to Finland. Um, I'm very excited to 
explore more of the Tacoma world. I think we're going to play. I think we're going to go to Finland in like February, dude. <laughs> really? Yeah, in the dark. Night golf in Finland for half just, a year. You just audibly swallowed on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> just, hey, just think about those miles. You went. You went this. You went this. I went. Oh, I just put it on the put it on the Adam's apple. Yeah. Uh, how can we get an RGC chapter in our area? Uh, great question. Who asked that? This is from Z Nichols. Z Nichols. Did 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 Z say where? Let's let's do some stalking. We're not going to dox you, Z, but we'll just figure out where, where you're at. Um, I mean, the simplest way to answer that because there is a lot of things that are about to get very much more you know upgraded, simple, easy to understand. Um, we'll be we'll be putting out a call for ambassadors and co ambassadors all over the country as we launch membership and the platform. So stay tuned with that. Membership is going to be largely uh, an experience of playing regularly scheduled local events with ambassadors at courses that are, you know, um, you know, verified by the RGC kind of seal of approval in a world where, um, so really looking forward to that and to talking to all the ambassadors about how we can, you know, do what we love better. Okay. Last question. I ask this every time we do a uh, Q&A. What's, what's the best club in the bag for you right now? Oh, I think, man. I think the last time you said driver, which was curious because then we went out and played pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> such a jerk. Before that, you said uh, seven iron. Before that, you said putter. So you're on putter, seven iron, driver. That's a good thing because it's a wedge now. After wow. going to Artisan. We're building a bag. <laughs> yeah, after Artisan, I definitely feel the most comfortable with a 54-degree wedge around the greens. Yeah, you've been putting some spin on that ever yeah. since. We dropped one. We dropped in for Eagle. Or that was par. <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah, wedges. Wedge. When are those wedges coming, by the way? Uh, they're in your office, I think. Well, at least one of them is. Yeah, we need the other ones before that Artisan video comes out. Jamil. I'll text Jamil and ask. Yeah, because we made a video with Artisan. Get and, so excited. It's, and it's, the follow-up video needs to be ready before. Because Keffer said that the Artisan video is coming out, and I was like, we're not done. Yeah, like three weeks from now, the, Kefir, the Artisan yeah, We're not done. We need, to get that, we need to get those widges. I'll get on, I'll get on you, it. Jojo. Uh, and that video is going to be incredible. I'm talking AIG levels. So you I'm love it? Excited. Have you seen it? I no, we're still it. waiting on a cut, but oh. <laughs> I saw it in real time. <laughs> You saw it. I know what we got. Yeah. I saw the first one we shot, and then I knew what we got this time. So, in a world where life is a movie, where life imitates art. All of us are seeking to extend our runtime. All of us are clicking. Yes, we're still here. We're still watching. Skip ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for doing the Q and A. We always love. Thank I, you, Jojo. I, I always love these. These are great. I feel like it's, it's a nice. Fun. Nice little exhalation. It's a good seasonal moment. Mm-hmm. You know, if you enjoy them, uh, like the podcast. You can't do that, but rate the podcast. Rate it. Rate it. It really helps us. Um, just leave us any comment. I learned this from our, our buddy Jay Larson. Just write in the comments. We hate this show, but give us five stars, and it's good. So maybe don't do that. You don't have to, but you could. You could write. We love to hate this show. We love to hate this show. Or we even hate. More appropriately, we hate to love this. show. We hate to love this show, but we love. We love to hate it. Yeah. Just five stars and send it to a friend in golf who who needs a little bit more of this offseason. Thanks, y'all. 
get ready for some big news coming in a couple months. Very excited to uh, be here. Yeah, and happy uh, Thanksgiving. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Happy Cyber Monday. In the world. <laughs>